Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed to have Greg and Susan Rohr here today. Greg and Susan are co-founders of a ministry to married couples, a Catholic ministry to married couples that involve half-day and full-day retreat experiences to help encourage couples to grow in faith. Welcome today, Greg and Susan. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, yes. Uh, The topic for today is growing in faith as a couple a lot of people come from a lot of different places in faith, and you certainly came from different places of faith. Why don't you share a little bit of your background experience prior to you all meeting? Okay, well, actually, we met 40 years ago. <laughs> that sounds like a long time ago now. It was the day after Labor Day in 1979, first day of school. Uh, I went to Catholic school through eighth grade. It's my first day of public high school, wow. and I met Susan at the bus stop. <laughs> I went to public school, and I didn't know there was such a thing as a Catholic school at all. Because I grew up Catholic and... And I did not. Did not. <laughs> T- tell me that experience of you grew with no faith experience. How did faith really become an issue in the early days of dating? I always longed for something, but I didn't know what it was. But I followed a path that of kindness. That's something that led me. And I recognized sincere kindness. And that's something I recognized in Greg almost right away. Just right away at the bus stop that day. And you, And I've often heard her say that she knew something was something different about me. I know you were kind of impressed that I went to church every Sunday. Like, wow. <laughs> I every her by church. I, I, every <laughs> Sunday. Hey, that, that should it be It was a commitment, right. Um, but she said something was different. You know, there was just something different than other something students, I guess. Something good that's different. Mm-hmm. Something very good. So what happened? I, I asked questions. I asked a lot of questions. I was especially intrigued that he went to church, so I asked him why. <laughs> why he went to church. And since he was Catholic and he always went to church longer than he could remember. He did his best to answer questions, but it was such a natural way of living. He'd never had to, he'd never been asked the questions before, so he really was not sure how to answer them. Right. I mean, I went to Catholic school and I guess I, I must have got A's in my classes, even my religion <laughs> classes, we call them. But one particular time we, um, when we were dating, we met for lunch at a, at a mm, restaurant yeah. and they were giving out free samples of like a bacon. Turkey bacon. Turkey club. bacon club sandwich. <laughs> Legit. And we were and, hungry. Right. And I turned it down which was shocking to her because I never turned down food. The way he turned it down was saying, we can't eat meat on Fridays. And this was when a we wasn't he and I, but we meant Catholics. And I, I unspoke, he didn't say it, but I understood it. And I was like, why? And he said, because we don't eat. Uh, we don't. <laughs> we don't eat meat don't. on Fridays <laughs> during Lent. And I said, why? And he's like, uh, I'm not really sure. I said, well, why meat on Fridays? And not vegetables on Tuesdays. That was a real thing. That was my real sincere response. And he just looked at me like, how in the world do I answer that question? <laughs> and and I went to throw our sandwiches away. And he like, no, no, don't throw this away. You can eat it. And I was like, if you're not eating it, then I'm not eating it. And this is a moment that was literally life-changing as far as learning from him about faith because it wasn't about having answers. It was living a conviction. He couldn't explain it, but he didn't use that to not live it. And that spoke to the core of my soul. And it made me hungrier for what that was. Not the sandwich. No, not the sandwich. (laughs) That, what that was that gave you such 
a true conviction that I realized that's what I'd been looking for. Conviction. Well, so tell me next steps of your experience. <laughs> it's a lot of time to cover. Well, ultimately, we got married eventually in 1987, but she went through RCA to become Catholic before we were married. So we actually, she was baptized and we had the sacrament of marriage. And then several years later, after I graduated from grad school, I thought maybe she should maybe go back to school or learn something new or maybe chart her own career path, perhaps. And but she wanted to go to RCA again. I was like, well, why? You became Catholic. You're Catholic. You know, you already went through the classes. But she said, it should change me more. I should learn more. I should know more. I don't think it changed me enough. And that was in the 80s where uh, catechesis wasn't as strong at that time. That, there were different experiences, and sometimes right. some were better than others. Right. Well, you're right. It wasn't strong. And I didn't find that fruit of conviction that I was searching for. But five years later, at, you know, going to RCA again at a different place, because we had moved, and we had children at that point, three little ones. Two. Two little ones, yes. And, and we, <laughs> what was so great is when I went to this RCIA, it began in the summer and just started with questioning if you had an interest in learning more. So it wasn't actually officially RCIA, it was just called inquiry evenings. And, and I had a lot of questions. And the confidence and enthusiasm of answering with bold truth with charity was something that was life-changing. So maybe I can just clarify. So obviously you went through RCA, obviously you were baptized. So this is kind of like further understanding of your faith, and, mm. and you wanted to kind of en enrich. What kind of things did you learn that really kind of sparked faith deeper within your heart? Uh, honestly? Yeah. <laughs> the very first thing was the reality of heaven and hell, the four last things. Well. It was unexpected. It's something that people assume, but... Growing up not going to church, it's easy to assume that God must love you so much that there can't possibly be an, a, an option for hell. That's yeah. just what people say to scare you, to make you be good. And I didn't realize that I had believed that until I was confronted with the reality that there's a possibility you may not get to heaven. And I remember mourning, literally, and weeping. Oof, literally, I'm still getting emotional for like three days. Just sad for souls who who didn't choose God. I mean, God always chooses us. It's not his decision that we don't get to heaven. It's our own. And that floored me. And that whole invitation to love and really the, that yes. God gives us freedom, but and he respects his freedom so much that he'll never force us, but he's always, always inviting us. Tell me, tell me more of what was sparking your well, faith at that time. Yeah, well, like scripture, having scripture come alive and understanding deeper meanings behind it and context of it and the, the true meaning of the sacraments, you know, have the outward sign... You know, reflecting of the, of the inward sign of the changes and the grace is there. So between sacraments and and, and understanding scripture and understanding the church more, understanding uh, the, the papacy really, and on this rock I'll build my church, there's different kind of things that we didn't really learn the first time, you know, really made a, made a big impact. And we started going to daily mass, going to confession, really making our faith really primary part of our lives. How did that affect your, your, your marriage or your married love? I mean, the, the great part about it was is she learned all these things, and then I learned them from her. <laughs> so we grew together at the same time. <laughs> a lot of people don't grow together. Right. One gets ahead of the other one, one lags behind. Sometimes we were like just right in sync, and it was really a, a real blessing and a real grace to, to grow together in faith. Was, was that easy? Or tell me about that. Sometimes, it's, it, sometimes it sounds nice, but it's not as easy as it sounds, yeah. For us, because... Because our goal is to try and stay on the same page. 
we really were trying and and we have so much in common that that wasn't a hard thing and with this part growing in faith i would come home from rca so like fired up <laughs> and share with such awe and enthusiasm greg would be so excited he'd be he'd be actually he'd be bewildered why don't i why wasn't i taught that why didn't i know that i'm like i don't know but we know it now i'd be like so excited and and it happened every single week so everything that i ended up learning but what because of learning going back to mentioning the uh, the four last things it changed everything prayer became something that was intimate not i mean we we did bedtime prayers with our children we prayed before meals these and we went to mass on sundays but we learned to pray knowing god heard us and that we could, and that he wanted us to hear him too and that's changed everything i always say that becoming catholic changed even the way i breathe i just breathe differently everything became different pre-catholic was like a bit of darkness and becoming catholic without understanding was a dim time but once the understanding came along and there was light and everything was light and and everything was possible because of god yeah. And and everything, you know, that we we experience here on earth, right, is we forget sometimes there's a spiritual element to everything. Right. You know, we're body and soul and just we really had a good understanding of like again, less things of course, but also just how important living your faith now was. You know, and then seeing things in with different eyes, really. Looking at things differently and understanding things differently. It does change everything. And it made us more grateful for everything. I remember someone describing it. It's like a stained glass window, not during night, but during the day. That if you go at night, it's just darkened out. But when the light shines behind it, it comes alive. And that sounds like the experience that the Lord has for you. I also think about Pope Francis' letter about the light of faith that Mm -hmm. was co-written by Pope Benedict or or began to be written by Pope Benedict. And that, that sense of like the light of faith just allows our lives to come alive. It widens our horizons. And what a great gift. We're going to pause for a moment. It's a great blessing having Greg and Susan Roar with us, the co-founders of Cherish, a ministry to married couples. We'll be back in a moment. God bless you. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with a Catholic Review. Athletes are enjoying state-of-the-art athletic fields at Mercy High School in Baltimore. The $4.3 million Sisters of Mercy Athletic Complex features two components, the Sisters of Mercy Field and the Mary Ann Heckwolf class of 66 field. The Sisters of Mercy field features a 120 by 70 yard artificial turf playing surface equipped with a shock pad that has the highest safety rating, LED stadium lights for evening sports, a new video scoreboard, and bleachers for about 2,000 spectators are all part of this new complex. The Marianne Heckwolf class of 66 field is home to Mercy's softball team. The complex officially opened September 6th with a ceremonial bell game in soccer against Maryvale Preparatory School, which coincided with the school day's final bell so students could attend the field blessing and game. Mercy won the match 2 to nothing. For more on this and other stories, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm Kevin Parks. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to The Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android and follow The Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back to Catholic Baltimore. My name is Father Brian Nolan. It's a great blessing having Greg and Susan Rohr here. They're the co-founders of Cherish, which is a Catholic ministry to married couples that involve a half-day or full-day retreat experiences for married couples to grow in faith. Welcome back, Greg and Susan. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So keep sharing with me how faith just became more in your life as a couple and as parents. Tell me more about that. Well, as parents, you know, I grew up Catholic, as I said, but we always emphasized well, the church calendar, like the feast days, you know, in the liturgical parts of the year, Lent and Advent, having the Advent wreath, do different little rituals around our table and in our home around Lent as well. We would talk about the saint of the day. We had a book about the, the saints. So we, we didn't hold back just teaching our children everything we could, you know, no matter what their ages were, because it's always something you can learn, something you can remember, something that they remember. Even with TV, we watch different Bible videos and saint videos, and, and they all, even though they're grown, most of them now, they still remember those very fondly, and they remember the lessons of them, and I think it had a lot of impact. Absolutely, uh, and still, and it still does, because now they're teaching their children, mm-hmm. you know, it, even when they're small, and holding their hands in prayer and making the sign of the cross, and, and I know that's easy to take for granted, but as someone who didn't grow up Catholic, none of that was part of my life. Like, none of it. So sometimes I sit at my table and I watch them do that. And I I can tear up just thinking, wow, I'm raising children that that know what this is. And, and it has a deeper meaning beyond this life. How did you grow in just the idea of, oh, I need to, I want to teach my children how to pray? Tell me your start to <laughs> taking steps forward in that area. Well, when you pray, you're carving out that time to be intimate with God. And he's very generous. When you carve out your little bit of time, he's very generous. So we need to generously receive. And and it's kind of like I told little Stephen one time when he asked me why God made parents. Nothing like having children ask a parent a question that bring you to your knees. But I drew on a marker board that he was a little glass. And up in the corner, I put a big picture. I put a G in the picture for God and an S for Stephen in the little glass. And I said, God has so much to give to you. And he wants to make sure you receive it. So in the middle, I drew a funnel, and I put a P in it for parents. So parents are the funnel of God's grace to direct all he wants to give to you into your glass, not to lose a drop. 
And he was so fascinated by that that I kept going. And I drew the little glasses for Michael and Kelsey and little baby Tessa. And, <laughs> and then how, how God used the parents and Stephen to teach the faith. So it's, it's in, faith is incontainable. You can't not share it when it's real. And we did everything together as a couple, and we did everything together as a family. So if we were praying, they were praying. If we went to Mass, they went to Mass. If we were watching something, they were watching something. So we, we did we all went together to the as a family. Store, we went to the grocery store. We went to the grocery store. Even as the family grew. That's right. That's great. Tell me more about uh, what were some of the inspirations. Is Obviously, you're doing a ministry to married couples. Where did that come from, and where where do you experience the the origins of those inspirations? Well, Cherish is what we call our married couples ministry, and it actually it stands for, although it's a great word, it actually stands for Catholic Hearts Espoused Rejoice in Sacramental Hope. And each one of those letters, each one of those parts of the ministry are kind of the seven ways we said you can really enrich your marriage now. And obviously, for us, Catholic was first, which is why we had we start with the see and cherish. And it's, uh, the ministries are usually at Catholic parishes. But going back, I mean, Susan was the one that was really inspired to kind of start the ministry in her prayer time. Yeah, tell me about that inspiration. I was at Adoration. We have a perpetual Adoration near our parish, and and I'm a note taker when I pray. And, and as I was praying and writing, I remember writing the word cherish and, and just sitting back and smiling because it's such a great word. It's... There's so many wonderful things that it brings to mind and heart. And right on the heels of that, we're thinking of marriage. And I and I didn't have to think of the acronym. It actually just came. So when I sat back, it was like such a powerful experience because I thought, well, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> what do you want me to do with this? That's what you said to the Lord. I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you want me to do with this? And the thoughts that followed after that were, again, an incontainable thought. I went out of adoration and I called my friend Father Colin I'm like I need to tell you something and he said bring it <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like bring it and bring what you have in writing because he wanted me to bring my notes and to share what I had and my experience and he was as overcome as Greg was and and you were and yes. it's something that we knew was bigger than us but it could begin with us right. and so I guess it's been eight years now since we've been having different retreats throughout the Archdiocese of Baltimore, primarily Washington County, Frederick County. We've been in Baltimore County and Arundel County planning more retreats for the, the coming year. And we have a website. It's cherishcouples.net. And so we've really been blessed to have this ministry because it's at the parish level. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to make plans to make arrangements for children or, or to travel. It's just right at the local parish. And normally there's a Catholic priest who speaks on a topic, and then we always like to have a couple speak as a witness couple to whatever the theme might be. And then we, for us, the H is for hearts. We always consider that sweethearts. Why did you fall in love with your spouse? We think it's a date date night experience as well. So it's a retreat, but it can be a date night. So we always like to have a nice romantic dinner for the couples as well. Treat them, treat them well, uh, pamper them, if you will. Being um, pampered in the heart of the church. In the That's heart of the, the church. other heart too. Our right. heart with, inside of God's heart. Right. So the, the, the retreats are really simple and... They can be at any parish, and we can help couples put one on at their parish if they like. So, What have people who have been on the, the Cherish experiences, the Cherish retreats, what have been some of their experiences? Oh, my. That's a big question because there's no requirement for how long you've been married. We've had newlyweds directly back from their honeymoon, <laughs> literally, to our longest married couple we've had married was married 68 years 68 years and, wow. and everything in between wow. and all of these couples are in the same room 
the same room. Wonderful. Yeah. It's extremely and, powerful. And they all want to go on a Catholic marriage retreat, which is just, you know, mind-boggling or mind-blowing, I guess. Right, right. <laughs> which is great. Which is great. But you said some of the experiences. We're actually blown away by some experiences because we'll have people come up to us after a specific retreat, and they're all powerful. Everyone has a different theme, and we pray about that as well. And someone approached me who was just said it changed their life. They didn't believe after being married 24 years that their lives can change in one afternoon. But here they are in one afternoon, completely different people. They're telling me this. And they're saying, God bless you for your ministry. And you're doing wonderful work. And I'm like, well, we set the table and God does the work. <laughs> we, right. we do the inviting mm-hmm. and God does all the work. And the, then the look on their face is like, you're right. That's, you're right. That's amazing. And we've heard wherever you are in your marriage, the beginning, the middle, you know, the golden years of your marriage, <laughs> sure. you always need room to grow and to want help through that growth and to have your marriage enriched in a positive way. And wherever you are, God can work through that. And we have witnessed his work and the people cannot help but come tell us, and we've had this happen, how devastated of times and trials that they had been experiencing so filled of doubt and sorrows that they were feeling hopeless and in one retreat realized they don't have to stay that way God God meets them right there and he can work with that you come to him and he can work with that that's and to witness somebody else's experience I'm like getting chills to witness somebody else's experience of 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 meeting God in that afternoon is we have no words for that. And the witness couples have always been just remarkable. They share their stories. They share their troubles. And their they're trials, vulnerable. And, but they're, they all have happy endings. All the stories have happy endings. And that's the H. The H is hope. Because that's what we're about. We're about hope. We're about being positive. We're about you can do this. Right? I mean, it's a big, crazy world out there. And there's lots of, you know, lots of confusion. But we have the church as our guide. And we have the sacrament of marriage for fortifying it. And these just liberty experiences are just another opportunity to kind of grow in their journey and like i said we happen to grow together on our journey everyone's not journeying together so it's a good chance for somebody to catch up or someone to get started or but i don't want to say that we grow together at the same pace because there are times when i'm really struggling and i praise god that greg is there for me in those times and i know he does the same mm-hmm. you know we can never hold someone up as though they've never struggled and no, you never arrive. I mean, yeah, you, you never. Right. You never it's really a journey. Arrive. It is a journey. It's, it's called a journey for a reason. And and you're right. One of the stories that we tell, you might tell it better than I do, but uh, your your customer when you were cutting hair back in the day. <gasps> oh. You can tell, tell it quickly, but it's great. Okay, this, it's perfect. It begins with a, a little conflict when we're dating. We'll call it a discussion. As I'm <laughs> on my way into work, and my first client that I'm doing, I'm a hairstylist, George, and I and he he's like, hey Susan, how you doing? I'm like. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm so transparent. He's like, oh, come on. You can tell me. What's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. I, it, it's okay. Like, we don't need to get into this. He's like, he goes, oh, I can help you. I'm like, okay. And he said, is it, you, you know, because I saw you walk with Greg. I'm like, yeah, we had a little bit of a discussion. He goes, let me tell you one thing, and you'll remember it for the rest of your life. And he had my attention. He said, life is full of ups and downs, and that would be, the lifeline. He goes, you know what a lifeline is? Uh, and I got an image in my mind with the lifeline, as you know. The, yeah, the hospital the monitor. The breathing hospital right. monitor. Mm-hmm. And 
He goes, if you didn't have ups and downs, you'd be flatlined. And I was like, <gasps> dead. I was like, oh my gosh. He goes, see, you'll never forget that. Now you're gonna be grateful for every up and every down. Right. And I'd never forgotten that. And God's grace is working through everything. This has almost been way too short, Greg and Susan, for getting together to talk about the, the, the way that God's inviting every married couple to grow in faith. Everybody comes from different places. Everybody it, Sometimes you might be in a good place. Sometimes you might be in a challenging place. You might want to even consider it, having a parish host uh, a Cherish event. What's the website again? At CherishCouples.net. Okay, so they could learn more information through yes. the website. Absolutely. What a great blessing. We'll have to have you come back at another time. Absolutely. Uh, blessing to have Greg and Susan Rohr here. My name is Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Baltimore. May God bless you. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.